My Govanin and Sweelide. To all my elf friends, I am Tani Tanuville, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, and welcome to What Would Arwen Do this fair Wednesday morning, February 3rd, 2016. And we're just getting into February, which I like to refer to as the month of love. Now, some people may be saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sick of that Valentine thing. But it doesn't have to be about Hallmark and Valentine's and um, unmet expectations. I like to celebrate it as the month of love in the sense of here in the Southland, the birds are beginning to sing, the flowers are beginning to bloom. And there are so many ways to celebrate love this month. And the love of family, the love of friends, of course, romantic love is wonderful. But sometimes I think it's good just to be mindful of all the other ways that love comes to us through our little pets and through our the beauty of nature around us. So yeah, that's the celebration for the elf this month. And hopefully I can introduce or encourage you to find some of those ways as well. So you may be wondering, what in the world is this show about? Well, this is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, yes, Middle Earth as uh, J.R.R. Tolkien uh, discovered in his Invented Mythology for England, if a Middle Earth elf lived today thousands and thousands of years later than Middle Earth, what would her life look like? So I ask, how would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and caring for our beautiful earth home in Elvish called Arda uh, and all of its creatures? So today we're going to be asking, as I always ask, well, what would an elf do? What would Arwen do? And as we're coming into also the season for... um those of us who are spiritual in the Christian or Catholic tradition, uh, we're entering into the season of Lent, which is a time of remembrance and sometimes of abstaining from, from something. And people, before I was a Catholic, I used to think, why do they do that? <laughs> well, explore that a little bit. But before we get into things, I wanted to mention that the music you heard at the beginning of the show was from the Academy Award-winning soundtrack from Howard Shore from The Fellowship of the Ring and from the Lord of the Rings movie. And that's The Council of Elrond featuring Aniran, the love song of Aragorn and Arwen. So, illegal intern who has the show just before this that I always listen to when I'm driving in because I love it. If I could get up earlier in the morning and not be trying to do so many things for my show, I probably would listen to the whole thing. But I at least get to listen to the last half hour. And I have learned so much. And I just love the music that he shares with us. And that's one of the wonderful things about KUCI is... In addition to just hearing all different types of genres of music, you can actually get like a musical uh, education from 
uh, exploring some of the different genres of music. So DJ Illegal, as I was driving in this morning, had an announcement about a an event coming up this coming Sunday. And I like to tell you, my my sweet listeners, um, whether you're listening in live at 88.9 FM on your radio dial or through iTunes or through our website um, about things that are going on, some of the things that are going on locally. And he mentioned an uh, art exhibit this coming Sunday, and so I'm just going to, he is the host of Illegal Intern Radio, and good morning. Good morning, and actually, I've mentioned a few events, and this event isn't actually this Sunday, it's oh. not till February 28th, but I believe this is the art, um, the Museum of Latin American Art, their 20-year anniversary event is the one you're probably thinking of, though. Yes. Oh, it, are there other things going on locally, too? Um. Not really locally. A lot of the shows I mentioned, uh, not a whole oh. lot in Orange County, but this well, one here is... Well, I think is, I kind of consider L.A. to be kind of local. I, I mean, do. it's just, For yeah. For me, it is. I mean, I'm not afraid to drive out and come back. and uh-huh. Yeah, but anyway, so the event I think we were talking about was the Museum of Latin American Art, who's having their 20-year anniversary uh, festival on Sunday, February 28th. And it's a free event. Great for the family, featuring uh, Copoeira. If you're not familiar, it's the Brazilian dance, oh. like a martial arts kind of dance. Oh. So that's going on. They're going to have good. Yeah, Folklorico, which is Mexican traditional dance. Um, and they're going to have Orquestra Mar de Ache, which whenever they have a, a, a band, there's some sort of dance element involved. Maybe it's salsa, maybe it's cumbia. So I wouldn't be surprised when they mean orchestra. It's not like symphony; it means like a band, like, like a big band, like a big band. Oh, cool! Yeah. Now and so, uh, do you have the address, or do they have a website or anything where people could get more information? Sure, the address is six two eight Alamitos Avenue there in Long Beach, um, and the website for more information it's mula dot org m o l a a dot o r g for more information, or you could also give them a call, 562-437-1689, and it's the Museum of Latin American Art. Okay, so that's Sunday, February 28th. Yes. And did you said that's in Long Beach. Yes, in Long oh, Beach. Oh, that's, that's not even having to go all the way to L.A. No, no. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's not Wow, that's wonderful. Okay, so um, I know... Can you just tell my listeners a little bit about your your show before I let you go, just in case they want to tune in a little earlier sure. on Wednesday mornings? Sure. If if you caught a little bit towards the very end, the last song I played is a kind of a great example of the mix of genres uh, that kind of come through. There it was a group called El Harukuroi, which they even play, their title comes from a play on Japanese words, but that are made up. <laughs> but um, if they were a, a mix of Brazilian, like bossa nova, jazz, and they love punk. So it's it's just a fusion of that. But I'll play punk, ska, Spanish classical rock. I'll play Latin jazz. I'll play indie, poetry I've mixed in today. Yeah. So, you know, just we call it cultura. So that's what I like to mix into the show. Information such as this art show is another part of the show that is really important. Not just 
mix mixing the music, but there's information I want to share with the the listeners. Hopefully, they enjoy that as well. I love it. I I. It's just amazing to me the things that you come up with because every once in a while I'll, I'll hear something and I'll think, oh, wow, this isn't, you know, it's just not Hispanic or Mexican music. It's just all these interesting elements. And you're on every Wednesday from 6 to 8 a.m., at least for this quarter because, yes, you know, exactly. things change know sometimes things at quarter. Yeah. And people can listen uh, through 88.9 FM on the radio dial or right through our website at KUCI.org or th- catch you through iTunes. So people can listen in from all over the world. So in case you're, you uh, have friends who are uh, not here local, they can listen in too. And I just want to thank you for having an amazing show. Thank you very much. And if anybody just wants to know a little bit about what I play, you go to the KUCI.org website, look for Wednesday schedule, click on Illegal Interns there between six and eight, and there I have my playlist posted, and there's links to different artists and genres there. Oh, that's so. great. Thank you so much, Illegal Inter... <laughs> DJ Illegal. It's, okay. it's Richard. Everybody calls me Richard, so... Oh, okay, cool. That's fine. I like DJ Richard. Illegal. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being have here. Have a great day. Thanks. Have a Thank great you. day. Bye, everybody. So, yes, that's just a little example of what we... Offer here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And we have a training going on right now. If you are interested in getting involved with our crazy community here at KUCI, please keep an eye on our website and there'll be uh, information about the training that will be happening next quarter. And it's always open to UCI student staff and faculty, and occasionally it's also open to community members. So again, that would be uh, on our website where you can also find out information about uh, current shows, current programming, and uh, interviews and ticket giveaways and all kinds of wonderful things. So please, uh, if you have a chance, uh, pop on to the web and visit KUCI.org. I am Tani Tenuviel. I am the technology-challenged elf. I am slowly moving into the world of technology. I'm one of those people who I still have a little flip phone, but it ha- at least has a wonderful little texting thing now, and I can can do that. Um, but I've had this phone for a couple of years, and my friends are always kind of, I wouldn't say badgering me, but mm, nudging me. Tawny, when are you going to get a, an iPhone? They send me little video clips and pictures, and I can't, the pictures I can see, but they're about the size of my thumbnail. The videos I can't watch at all. And if they send me little um, happy faces and smiley faces, it just comes across as very strange-looking symbols. So I don't know what they're actually telling me. Sometimes it might be winking. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to be getting an iPhone. So I... I refuse to be enslaved by technology, so I don't keep my phone on at night, and I don't, you know, I I don't always answer and check my phone very often, but I would like to be able to stay connected with especially some of my faraway friends a little better, so I think I'm getting one next Tuesday, 
So I'll tell you about that adventure later. Not that you would necessarily be interested, but perhaps just in case you are also thinking about um, moving more into the world of technology. But today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects, and that is about being the beloved. And you might be rolling your eyes, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay because we there's just kind of that thing that we do. Um, but, oh, before we get into that, I wanted to make an announcement about one other thing that, especially for this wonderful month of love, Okay, where's my little announcement of another event that's going on here very locally at one of my favorite places in the whole wide world, the Newport Beach uh, Main Library. And that's at 1000 Avocado Avenue, right over there by Fashion Island. And it's uh, right by that little shopping center where uh, Bristol Farms and um, all of that little stuff right in there. Lots of little... um, uh, you know, little shops and things. Oh, Savory is in there, that shop for spices. But uh, yeah, the main library, Newport Beach Library, public library, this coming Friday, February 5th. And now this is just open for members and to be a member of the bookstore. This is the Friends of the Library, um, Friends of the Newport Beach Library book sale. Now, Friday, if you're a member, you get to come early and pick through the wonderful books. And um, I don't, I'm not allowed, I, I, I don't mention, we don't mention prices here, but I will tell you that um, you can get like four paperbacks for less than a cup of coffee at McDonald's <laughs> and two for the same. On Saturday, uh, February 6th, 6th, you can get the same thing for a whole bag of books. And um, I will say that most of the books in the store are priced between the range of 50 cents up to once in a while, some of the big art books might be 8 or $10. And they do have some special signed things that they keep away in a little glass. But most of the things are just from the $0.50 cent to $2 range. Um, but if you, can, if you want to go early, you can become a member for a very little amount. Or just come Saturday, starting at 9 a.m., they have so many books. I mean, they literally have kind of a backroom warehouse type thing where they're always collecting all these books. And then they bring them out once a quarter. It, um, it benefits the library. It benefits reading programs. And it benefits you because you get some amazing books. So, for instance, yesterday I was there, and they have an entertainment section. And for, again, about the price of a latte, (laughs) I got The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, the official movie guide by Brian Sibley, and The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey, The World of Hobbits. And this is, again, the movie thing. So it has all these pictures of The Hobbit and information about the film and how they made it. There's a whole little thing here on a typical menu for a Hobbit's day. Might look something like this. First breakfast. 
freshly boiled eggs, bacon, and grilled mushroom. Second breakfast, a selection of sweet berries with fresh whipped cream. Elevenses, honey cakes and milk. Luncheon, sizzling sausages and mash. Afternoon tea, seed cake, buttered scones, and jam with a fresh pot of tea. Dinner, rabbit stew with turnips, potatoes, and carrots, followed by a blackberry tart. Supper, a light mushroom soup with freshly baked warm rolls and butter. So in case you didn't keep track of that, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven meals in a hobbit's life. (laughs) So that may be exactly what appeals to you. But anyway, those that's uh, kind of an example of some of the wonderful things they have to offer there. And they have different sections. They have the entertainment section, the religious section. Another thing I wanted to mention that I got recently that I would... Um, that I want to recommend to you in case you're looking for something wonderful to read during this season of Lent. And I always, I'm a, I am a, the book girl. And so <laughs> I, um, I'm always finding wonderful treasures there. And something that I just found recently is, a, um, are a couple of books by Thomas Cahill, One is The Gifts of the Jews, How a Tribe of Desert Nomads Changed the Way Everyone Thinks and Feels. And this is such an amazing uh, glimpse into the time of that civilization. Um, It says here, within the matrix of ancient religions and philosophies, life was seen as part of an endless cycle of birth and death. Time was like a wheel spinning irrevocably until ancient Jews began to see time differently as a narrative whose triumphant conclusion would come in the future. From this insight came a new concept of men and women as individuals with unique destinies, and our hopeful belief in progress, and the sense that tomorrow can be better than today. So that is um, The Gifts of the Jews. And then uh, one of my favorite, favorite books to read, and share with people during this season is called Desire of the Everlasting Hills, and it's the world before and after Jesus. And when I was going through mm, kind of a difficult time, actually, in my uh, walk of faith, not having so much a problem with uh, Jesus and uh, my belief in God, but I was definitely having a problem with Christians. <laughs> I was especially troubled by the Iraq War and uh, calling it a holy war. And I kind of withdrew from the Christian community for a while until I could sort things out. And this was one of the books that I found very refreshing because it's not full of a lot of evangelical trappings. It doesn't come from a particular point of view. It really is kind of a historical account. But at the same time, he is a a Christian, a believer in Jesus. So it's not written by an atheist. They tend to kind of want to discount the life and effect of Jesus of Nazareth, who came 2,000 years ago and changed the world. So In case you're interested, Desire of the Everlasting Hills, The World Before and After Jesus, a great little 
find at the Friends of the Library bookstore, and which uh, if you're not able to make it for their big sale, they have it quarterly, but they're also open Monday through Saturday from 10.30 to 4.30, 10.30 a.m. to 4.30, and Sunday from 1 to 4. And it's right there inside the building where the main library is on Avocado Avenue. So this is What Would Arwen Do?, I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And so back to um, for today. Oh, my gosh. There's so many things that I wanted to share with you and how the time slips away. I wanted to play for you a um, something that I found on YouTube that I think is really quite wonderful. But in... Um, it's actually Tolkien and Lewis debate myths and lies. And so you might be wondering, okay, so here we are and Lent's coming up and all my Christian friends are going to be doing this and that. Um, and why, you know, why bother with all of this? And I guess from my perspective, uh, the Christian story, especially regarding Jesus, is I kind I guess I kind of take the perspective that C.S. Lewis has about um, if it if this story isn't true if it's just some legend or fabrication of people that's been propelled throughout history then it doesn't really matter if we believe it or not it it just doesn't really matter but if it is true this story of Jesus and of the claims of who he is and and the claims of what this means for us and for our future, then I think it matters a great deal, and it bears looking into. So I I wasn't expecting to have this wonderful interview, mini-interview with Richard earlier, uh, but that was quite a treat. The show will be up on podcast, and I have to edit out all of the copyrighted material. So all of the music and things that I find on YouTube will not be included. But I think I'm going to play a little music for you first. And then we'll get right back into the show. And you know that I love sharing um, readings from Middle Earth. And I love sharing the music of Middle Earth. For me, Howard Shore was absolutely amazing in creating a musical world with musical motifs for all the different regions and people in uh, the Lord of the Rings movies and also in the um, Hobbit movies. So there we get introduced to uh, more of the music of the um, dwarves and of course, we have Toriel, who doesn't, isn't actually in the regular Hobbit books or Lord of the Rings books, but she very certainly could have lived. Um, obviously, Legolas lived in Mirkwood, and there were other elves there as well, so she, she might have lived. So I'm going to play for you one of my favorite tracks called Feast of Starlight and we'll be back in just a few moments for a little more about the month of love and considering being 
the beloved. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you ever want to contact me, you can reach me by email at askanelf at yahoo.com. And that was the amazing, amazing Feast of Starlight from The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. This music composed by Howard Shore for the Hobbit movies. And now we have six movies that bring us the treasures of Middle Earth. And I love the movies. I love the books. I love it all. I love the histories, the 13 volumes of History of Middle Earth and the Silmarillion and all of the commentaries and J.R.R. Tolkien's letters of Father Christmas and the books of his art. Um, It's a wonderful world that I feel very privileged to get to live in quite often. And so I hope you will explore it as well. This is What Would Arwen Do? I'm Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And we are talking today about the month of love, February. And it doesn't have to be a Hallmark month, and it doesn't have to be a month of disappointments. If you have a romantic person in your life, a lover, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, that's wonderful. Please be gentle with them for the Valentine's uh, holiday. It's very stressful, especially for the guys. We expect them to always get it and be able to read our minds, but they really can't. They don't quite have that elvish ability most of the time, once in a while. But let us be gentle with each other and realize that hopefully it's not all about the bling and the flowers and the going out to dinner. It's really about um, having someone to cherish in our lives. And what a great and wonderful gift that is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic relationship. So very often we can find that we are loved and cherished by our pets, by our family, by our friends, and that is certainly something to celebrate. So I wanted to play for you, and it's also we have um, Easter coming up, and in just a very short, it's very early this year, so... um, Easter Sunday is actually on my birthday this year, so I'm very excited. Last year, on Easter, I became a Catholic. So I've been a a Christian, a lover of Jesus, for 30-something years. And people say, oh, so you converted to Catholicism? Well, no, not really. I just added the Catholic dimension to my journey of faith. So... That's what it's about for me. And one of the reasons is because it's the only place that you can go to church every day and celebrate this wonderful gift that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Supper. So all the other churches, you can only go once or twice a week. So not that I go every day, but I can. And sometimes I go quite often. So, and so can you. So, but that is a subject for another time. You can always find information about that online or at your local parish. So this Christian 
thing, this belief in Jesus, um, it was a, it was actually quite a central part of the lives of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. And in fact, uh, when they met as, and, you know, were becoming the Inklings, C.S. Lewis was still uh, not so much perhaps an atheist, but definitely an agnostic. And he believed that um, myths were lies and that the Gospels uh, couldn't really be trusted, uh, that they were more like just, you know, a fairy story. And so they, uh, there's a, a really wonderful uh, debate, which originally was from uh, a program, uh, a clip from EWTN's Tolkien's The Lord of the Ring, A Catholic Worldview. And this is portraying a debate between C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien on whether or not myths are lies. <clears throat> and as a result of C.S. Lewis's realization that myths are not necessarily lies, he wrote an amazing essay, which you can find in the complete works of uh, C.S. Lewis, called Myth Became Fact. So, But for now, I wanted to play this little clip for you. Again, if you are listening in on podcast, this will be edited out because it's copyrighted material, but you can find it right on our f- friendly uh, YouTube community, and it's called Lewis and Tolkien Debate, Debate Myths and Lies. And this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I hope you will enjoy this. And that was a clip you can find on YouTube. It's called Lewis and Tolkien Debate Myths and Lies, and it's taken from an EWTN Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, A Catholic Worldview, which you can probably find in its entirety. It will be edited out for the podcast. In case you're wondering where some of the script, where some of that information came from, some of it is directly taken from J.R.R. Tolkien's essay uh, on fairy stories, which is kind of basically a defense of fantasy for adults, and that fantasy is not necessarily for children, but it also is just amazing about his belief in the deeper value of myth. And um, in fact, the line, there is no tale ever told that men would rather find was true, and none which so many skeptical men have accepted as true on its own merits. He goes on to say a little bit later, later <clears throat> uh, further in the essay about the gospel story, but this story is supreme and it is true. Art has been verified. God is the Lord of angels and of men and of elves. Legend and history have met and fused. And you can find that um, <clears throat> it's in the Tolkien Reader. Um, again, it's... Uh, his essay, Andrew Lang, essay from so many years ago, but still so very, very um, relevant today. And in defense of the the hero stories that we know and love, the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, um, so many where we celebrate the hero's quest and the overcoming 
of evil by good. So, coming up in just a few moments, mm, the world of literature and literary intrigue, writers on writing, and uh, everything you might want to know about getting published. Not sure who it will be today. It might be Barbara DeMarco Barrett, might be Nicole, might be Marie, um, but definitely something intriguing and interesting and Also, that show is available on a podcast. So please stay tuned here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming live at KUCI.org all over the whole globe for Writers on Writing at 9 o'clock. So I wanted to leave you with, so that was um, a video presentation and I wanted to share with you from the C.S. Lewis Encyclopedia. So in, in the debate, you see that C.S. Lewis is intrigued, but not necessarily, you don't see that he's necessarily convinced. And it did take some time. But eventually, he goes on to write. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, he has an amazing essay called Myth Became Fact. And... He says, though, about C.S. Lewis, I'm going to read, uh, and this is from the C.S. Lewis Encyclopedia, A Complete Guide to His Life, Thought, and Writings by Colin Durias. And when I first discovered Middle Earth, the, the film Fellowship of the Ring, I went home and I had nothing. I, I just, I didn't, I, don't, I know it will sound very strange, but I just didn't know about this thing. J.R. Tolkien and the world of Middle Earth. I was actually rather a nonfiction snob at the time and just I mean I enjoyed fantasy movies the Matrix and Star Wars and all of that but um, didn't really see a deeper um, value in them and I guess I think I had when I saw Fellowship of the Ring what J.R. what C.S. Lewis mentioned happened to him when he read George MacDonald, which was a baptism of his imagination. It was like all of a sudden I got it about the power of a story. And I hope that you can get it about the power of a story. It may come through a book, may come through a movie, may come through your own life. Perhaps it will come through something that you discover on Writers on Writing, coming up in just about 10 minutes. But this I wanted to read to you about this idea of this myth that became fact as we are entering into um, the month of love and the Caesar season for Christians of Easter. But he goes on to say, for both men, uh, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, myth was also tied with a thousand ties to the ordinary world of nature and humble fact. In reviewing his friends, The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, Lewis describes just how Tolkien's invented mythology is applicable to the primary real world. Lewis concentrates on the aspect of recovery. And this is a quote from Lewis. The value of the myth is that it takes all the things we know and restores them and restores to them the rich significance which has been hidden by the veil of familiarity. As long as the story lingers in our mind, the real things are more themselves. This a book, 
This book, The Lord of the Rings, applies the treatment not only to bread or apple, but to good and evil, to our endless perils, our anguish, and our joys. By dipping them in myth, we see them more clearly. I do not think he could have done it any other way. And that was C.S. Lewis on uh, comment on the Lord of the Rings. So our time is just about to come to an end. And oh, so much more that I wanted to share with you. But it will have to wait until another time. Although I am going to share with you one thing. And then I'm going to share with you a wonderful song by Eva Cassidy called How Can I Keep From Singing? And that's kind of how I feel. So I wrote this I wrote this for you, you, whoever is listening. And if you would like a copy of it, I would be happy to email it to you if you send me a message at askanelf at yahoo.com. And it's a kind of rewriting of Psalm 139 from the Bible, which I like to refer to as God's book of love letters. So please uh, open your heart, perhaps, and just hear this message. Oh, beloved one, I have searched you and I know you. I know when you sit and when you rise, I perceive your thoughts from afar. I discern your going out and your lying down. I am familiar with all your ways. Before a word is on your tongue, I know it completely. I, your champion and Lord, hem you in behind and before, and I lay my hand upon you. Does such knowledge seem too wonderful for you, too lofty for you to attain? Where can you go from my spirit? Where can you flee from my presence? If you go up to the heavens, I am there. If you make your bed in the depths, I am there. If you rise on the wings of the dawn, if you settle on the far side of the sea, even there my hand will guide you. My strong right hand will hold you fast. If you say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness is not dark to me. The night shines like the day. For darkness is as light to me, who created both. For I created your inmost being. I myself knit you together in your mother's womb. My beloved, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, for all my works are wonderful. Know that well, dear one. Your frame was not hidden from me when you were made in the secret place, when you were woven together in the depths of the earth. My eyes saw with love your unformed body, and all the days ordained for you were written in my book before one of them came to be. How precious and tender are my thoughts toward you, beloved one! How vast is the sum of them! Were you to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When you awake, I am still with you. I have searched you, beloved, and I know your heart. I have tested you, and I know your anxious thoughts. There is no offensive way in you. You are my beloved. I will lead you in the way everlasting. And that is an adaptation of Psalm 139 from the Bible. If you would like a copy for yourself or a loved one, I would be happy to email that to you. You can send me a little message at askanelf at yahoo.com. So with that, uh, this 
kind of wraps up what would Arwen do for another week. Until next week, please go out, be kind. Remember that you are the beloved. And what difference does that make? Well, I think if we can remember that we are the beloved, we can begin to see each other also as the beloved and treat them accordingly. So with that, I'll leave you with a little rapturous song by Eva Cassidy, How Can I Keep From Singing? I hope you will go through your day and say, How Can I Keep From Singing? This is such good news. And until next week, I will say, Namaria. My